Scramble Authors, the show that's designed to help keep you and your writing career from cracking. I'm your host, Mary Kalestow of Unscramble It Author Services. Write your books and let us handle the tech. Today's show is brought to you by My Author Home. Learn about all the products and services offered by My Author Home at myauthorhome.com. We have multiple promotional opportunities for authors, as well as author websites, website hosting, and other technical services designed to help you sell more books and interact with more readers. Again, that's My Author Home, www.myauthorhome.com. The show is also brought to you by Unscramble It Author Services, technical assistance for today's authors. We handle ebook formatting, editing, transcription, and website and newsletter administration, including WordPress and MailChimp. Why don't you let us handle the tech so you can get back to writing your books? Learn more at unscramblet, that's U-N-S-C-R-A-M-B-L-E-T dot com. And now, this week's show. Welcome to Unscrambled Authors. This is part of our special edition of shows where I am interviewing the authors for the September launch of the Brotherhood Protector. I'm here today with Ilsa Bick, and we're going to be discussing her books, her writing, and a little bit about why she wrote in the Kindle world. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, you're very welcome. Let's start by just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and book. Okay. Um, let me see about me. Well, you know, I'm I'm a writer, but I actually wasn't always a writer. I was actually, I still am. I'm a physician. I'm a doctor. I started out in surgery, and uh, I trained in the dark ages when women there weren't very many women in surgery. Um, and I remember when I got into my surgical, you know, internship and residency, I was the only woman they had ever, you know, let come in. And they didn't even have a uniform for me. I had to go out and buy little golf culotte whites, you know, so I could look like a proper intern. And um, it was just a kind of a bizarre experience because I kind of knew, you know, I'm the only girl you've ever had and you're going to cut me. I just know it after the second year. And I saw what was going to happen to surgery residents when you, you know, you get cut, it's hard to find another job. And I thought, yeah, this is really, this is not going to work. And unfortunately, back then, emergency room medicine wasn't a specialty yet. So I, you know, I thought, well, okay, what can I do? And I thought, you know, I really like books and I like English and I know I'll be a psychiatrist because that's a lot of reading. I get to read Freud and all this great stuff. And so I switched over to psychiatry, got my, uh, my, uh, did my residency in, uh, in adult psychiatry, then got a fellowship in child psychiatry. And I also went on and got a fellowship in forensic psychiatry. So I've also worked in prisons and, and things like that and, and been with a lot of people you'd really rather not be. Um, and I, and I didn't start writing until, Oh, golly, I must have been in practice for maybe 15 years or something. And in the meantime, I had gotten kind of bored 
um, with my uh, fellowship training in child psychiatry. So I went back to school at night, um, and I got my degree in film studies in English because I really, you know, really liked film. I liked English. And really what I was really into was I was really into Captain Kirk. I loved Star Trek, and really Captain Kirk's chest was just a die for it. It's like total beefcake. Yeah, for you know, when, for for someone my age, when I was a kid, I, you know, I was like what, fourteen, fifteen when he came out. I was like, God, I'd never seen a guy's chest before, and he just had such a great one. So I just, I loved Star Trek, and I used to, I started to write articles on film and television, and I wrote about Star Trek and all that sort of stuff. And that's a long story because I, you know, I, I have a lot of stuff out there still. In fact, I, I just found out that someone used one of my articles in a class, and I was like, Wow, that's that's just so cool. But in the meantime, in all of that, the husband was saying, you know, I really think you want to write fiction. And I said, no, 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 are you kidding? No, I'm not good enough. He says, no, I just think you're scared. I think you're afraid you're going to fail, and you never like failing at anything. And it was sort of like this dare. And I thought, fine, you know, fine, screw you. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to start to write. So I did, and I just started writing. I guess this was in 19... Oh, I'm dating myself now, 1995, 96, something like that. I, I wrote, like six forgettable books and about 40 unpublished stories. It was just, you know, wretched. And I was, I was going to give up. And, I, of course, I had to write, like, three Star Trek books, all of which, you know, failed. And I was going to give up. And then I saw this contest for something called Strange New Worlds, which was um, a short story contest. It's still going on. Put in by pocketbooks where you, the fans, can write a short story of 7,000 words set in any of the universes that is any of the shows. You send it in. It would be judged by real editors. In fact, the, the editor at my, for my uh, uh, sequence was uh, Dean Wesley Smith, a pretty famous writer, especially mm-hmm. in press circles. And, and um he um, and so I, I thought, fine. I, I you know, I, the, the deadline was like a week or ten days away or something like that when I found out about it. And so we were supposed to go on vacation. And I told my husband, I said, you know, you take the children, you go. I'm going to stay here and write this story, and then I'm never going to write another thing. And that's what they did. He, he went away. Um, boy, I have a really good husband. He went away. He took the children. It was even better. I wrote the story out in longhand at the borders, and I, you know, drank gallons of coffee. I typed it up on a Friday. I sent it off on a Saturday, and then I didn't write another thing. And then the day before Thanksgiving, the phone rings, and it turns out to be, you know, pocket, and they say, congratulations, you won grand prize. And it was like, you know, wow. So, you know, not only did I win a lot of money, I was able to buy a refrigerator, which I still have. I, I will never get rid of that refrigerator. I also learned something. Um, and not to worry so much about the little voice that goes on and says, you suck, everything you write is bad, you know, which, which happens to me too often. So that's really how I got started writing, was doing something like that. And that was that my first publication was like in 1998. Um, and I have since, since then done, I've written for Star Trek, Battletech, Mech Warrior, Shadowrun, um, golly, are there other worlds? Probably something out there. Um, and um, finally, Decided and wrote a lot of you know uh, short stories and mystery, adult mystery, science fiction, things like that, and got published in a bunch of anthologies. And then I thought, you know, I'd really like to try to write my own stuff, um, not in somebody's play box, you know, sandbox. And um, again, I entered another contest. I, I, I wrote, I just took a chance on an idea that I had that I had developed for a workshop, and it was a young adult novel. And I had entitled it, I don't know, something like Solid Wisconsin or something. It was all about a, a kid who discovers a prisoner of war camp from 1940s in, in Wisconsin. And um, I sent it into the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Award competition. And in the meantime, I had discovered, wow, I really like writing young adult novels. 
So I, I wrote another one. And uh, then by the time I got done with that one, I got heard back from Amazon saying, congratulations, you're, you know, a, a quarterfinalist or semifinalist. I made it all the way. I think there were like 8,000 entries that year. And there was no category for young adults, so I put mine under mystery. Um, and um, I think I made it up to the top 100 or something before I finally got eliminated. But I then took the novel and I just sent it to a couple of editors. I mean, I didn't have an agent. I just thought, well, you know, I don't play by the rules anyway. So I just you know, sent it to a couple of editors. And I sent it on a Sunday. I sent it out on a Sunday with the, sort of the information about look and, and look here I am in, in Amazon. And I had, this was actually a second novel I had sent out. I didn't give them this one. And um, by Wednesday, I heard from one of the editors, and by Friday, I had sold the book. <laughs> and he said, and he said, yeah, I'll take the one from Amazon because you're not going to win that contest either. So that's that's how I got my start, and that was in Dolly for the books. It wasn't that did first book didn't come out I think until like twenty two thousand nine or twenty ten. So that's a long winded way of saying that's that's how I got my start. I'll take a breath now. What's your next question? <laughs> <laughs> That's all fascinating, and and I'm thrilled to connect with a fellow science fiction fan. Um, that's oh, yeah. how that's how I got my start writing, and that's how actually I met my husband as we met at a writers workshop. So, um, oh really? Well, Where, which writers workshop was that? Um, it was one held in Iowa um, by uh-huh. an author. She she it was kind of a local workshop, but yeah, that's where uh-huh. we met. Yeah. Oh, how lovely! Yeah, it's a, and you know, science fiction is a great. I don't know about. I don't know about other um, um, genres, but I know science fiction is a fairly welcoming community, and particularly young adults, um, because they, the nice thing about young adults, at least, is that it, it, it doesn't mind if you mash up genres all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You can have something that's, you know, a, a post-apocalyptic, you know, thriller, romance, whatever, with some mystery in there, and, and kids will say, that's fine, that's good, we'll, we'll take that. You know, I can read that. So, you know, I, I just, I, I really have enjoyed, I really enjoyed my time in science fiction, but I really kind of found my niche in young adult um, for me. And so, you know, doing the Kindle World stuff was, um, that was kind of a leap for me. It came at, it came at a, a good time. I think what happened was I've, um, I've since that first book, I've published eight young adult novels. I have, uh, I have a trilogy series, the Ashes Trilogy. I have a two duology called the Dark Passages series, and I have a couple of standalones. Um, and in the interim, unfortunately, with my last book, which was called The Dickens Mirror, which was part of the Dark Passages series, um, the my publisher, which had been an extension of Egmont UK, which is based, ironically enough, in Denmark and not the UK, um, decided to close operations in the United States. And so my last book, along with about 12, I don't see how many others of us there were in the last release, but in that last couple of releases, our books all came out dead, Um, you know, no marketing or anything like that. And in fact, I still get emails from people saying, when's the second book coming out? (laughs) Well, it's out already. Um, Like a lot of my fellow writers, I actually turned out to be, I was actually pretty lucky because um, my books had done really well and had always been in their top sellers. So Edmont UK was all ready to take them and fold them into their catalogs. At least I would still have distribution and exposure. But then my first publisher, I had two publishers at once. I had Edmont and I also had Carolota Lab, which uh, is a division of Learner Books. And Carolota Lab swooped in and they said, you know, we're going to buy 
we're going to buy all of Ilsa's books and, you know, some of these others too. And so they came in and bought like a hundred books of which all, you know, they took all of mine. So now all of my books live at Carol or the lab, which is nice, but, you know, there is nothing like, you know, the death of your publisher and your publishing house and the loss of contracts because your numbers are crappy due to no fault of yours. And I actually had a, a two book contract on the line and then it just like, Vanished because they said, "Well, your numbers are shit." And it's like, "Well, but that's not my fault." <laughs> you know, I mean, my numbers before are very good. So I, you know, and then on top of that, we moved uh, from Wisconsin, where I lived for 14 years. And I really I wasn't born there. I'm a military kid. I moved all around, um, but I really felt, you know, most at home in Wisconsin. Came to where I am now, and it was just a, it was just two years of a, a really bad slump. I mean, I heard a click, and I want to make sure you're still there. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, oh, you are still here. Okay, there was just this, this silence, and I'm like, oh no. Um, so, um, the I I I must have started in the last two years. It's hard. Moving is hard. They they say life life big life changes really disrupt your writing. I thought, no, I'm tough. I've worked with murderers. My God, I can do anything. You know, and no, <laughs> actually. This is really a, it's been a soul sucking experience. Um, and I must have written, I think, like six or seven novels that I just could not finish. And I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in, in putting things aside and muscling through, or, or you know, cutting that thing and muscling through, or, or doing something. But I always work to outlines. I always work to deadline. I work better that way. But there was just something about having lost everything and no one really waiting now for the next illustrated book, thick book. That just really kind of threw me for a loop. I, I published a couple of short stories um, that you know I had, people had solicited for anthologies, and and that was about it. And and I was sitting thinking, just feel like I am just spinning my wheels. I can't stand it. And you know my agent is going, new a book, new, send me anything, anything. And then one day, it was just total serendipity. And this was in January, February, January, February, maybe late January. Um, two things happen at once, and that is a friend of mine from way back in my early Trek days got in touch just to talk um, about, you know, she had decided to go into self-publishing, and, and, you know, she was just sort of talking about how hard it was and, and things like that. We were just sort of commiserating. It was nice to reconnect with a writer. And then another writer whom I had never met, but with whom I have worked on a blog, because she invited me to be on the blog a couple of years ago, is Jordan Dane who has written a lot of stuff for, for Kindle World. And she said, you know, I was thinking of you, and I'm wondering how would you feel about writing for, you know, this, this World Brotherhood Protectors. And, and you know, I, I, I had never heard of this before. Um, and, I, and I said, well, I, I looked at it, and I said, but, 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 but I don't write romance. <laughs> I, you know, I just don't do that. Um, it's not really my genre. And she says, you know, but you know, Elle is really very flexible. And this is Elle James, is really very flexible. Um, I think your writing would really be an interesting addition here, and so does Elle. Um, you know, you see things in a really different way, and you bring a, a different sensibility, and it doesn't have to be heavy on the romance. You have to have some feels in there, but you know how to do that because you do that in YA all the time. Don't, don't focus so much on the sex and the kissing and the, you know, relationships and just do what you do. Just write an Ilsa book, but set it in, you know, Elle's world and see what you do. Because this would be just like Star Trek, just like work for hire, playing in someone else's sandbox. And you know how to do that. 
And, you know, I finally decided, I talked to my husband about it, and, and he said, well, you know, what do you have to lose? He said, the worst that can happen is you don't make the deadline, but if you have a deadline, you always make your deadlines. And he said, so this way you have someone who's expecting a book, write the book, do the outline, get it done, and move along and see how you like it. So and that was what I did. And, you know, my hardest thing was to try to figure out which of, the, of Elle's characters I could really put into to my type of book. And so it would still be feel like my type of book, but still also incorporate elements of Elle's world. And I, I, I actually have to – I don't ever read reviews. Um, maybe that's a bad thing, but I think reviews can also be soul-sucking because you can spend all your time searching for the review that says you're good and, and, and say, well, what do I know that they're talking about? Or they don't like the book. Well, who cares? You know, that type of thing. It's like, no, I write the book that I write. If you like it, great. If you don't, okay. Um, but there was, um, Jordan said, she says, well, you know, somebody had, had complained. I think Jordan was the one that told me. So someone had complained that I didn't use any of Elle's characters in my book. And I said, Yes, I did. I used the dog. I used six from some dog soldier. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> and, and she just says, well, I saw it. And Elle, and I had passed it by Elle before I even began. I said, Elle, you got to understand, I'm going to ha- use the dog. And I'm not, you know, not even going to use Cujo because Cujo will con- has already been wounded and gone. This is Six's second handler. And he, she goes, go for it. <laughs> she says, no, no problem. In fact, at the time that I was writing Soldier's Heart Part 1, um, she had not written Montana Dog Soldier yet, so we were trading notes back and forth about dogs. And she had actually not uh, – she knew a lot about dogs. She's also former military. She's Air Force like I was, and so they trained them down at Blackland. So she knew a little bit about it. So, I, you know, she and I corresponded about books and, and, and war dogs, and I, I get, got her a couple of references to read. And, you know, you should read this about, you know, how they really train the dogs and that type of stuff because it will be important later on, at least in my story. So for my story, you know, I started out, and I've written now the first installment, Folgers Heart Part 1, and I and it was funny because somebody, another person complained, but it, it didn't resolve, and I realized, I said, well, I said, well, that's why it's just Part 1, you know, it's, like, it's, it's the first part, and so the second part will be coming out in September, and I have a third part coming out in January, and then God willing, it will stop. But I, you know, once I just started developing the story, I just decided to let it be an Ilsa novel. And it's really, it's a, it's a, these are big books. Um, they're about as, as I push the word limit as far as I, as far as I possibly can to still keep them within the price range that Amazon never has set. Um, but they've been, it's been really a, a kind of a liberating but fun type of thing because, you know, I set myself a deadline again of, you know, I got to get the, the outline done. So I work the outline, so I write the outline and then I, I say, okay, the book has to be done at this time. And I, the book is done at that time. And then it's been a real education to, um, you know, figure out how to get the covers done, how do you, you know, get the copy edits done. I mean, it's, you know, I have never really wanted to be a publisher. If I wanted to be a publisher, I would have been joined a publishing house. Um, but this is a very different type of writing and publishing because, you know, if somebody said to me, I just wanted to reach across the table and slap him. And he said something, well, this is just, you know, this is Kindle World. This is just, you know, romance. It's not the same high standards. And I just, you know, and I'm going to say, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't think I don't put as much effort and care into these books just because it's a Kindle World? If anything, these are people who read a lot. And they are very demanding readers. You can't be sloppy with these people. They'll notice. <laughs> like, God. It's just, and, and so there's been this sort of the battling of some prejudice because I do have friends 
who know me from, you know, the the young adult stuff that I'm still, I'm actually in the middle of working on another young adult novel, God willing, it will be done by the end of October. And, um, and they're saying things like, yeah, well, this is not your serious writing. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I take this deadly seriously. You know, this is, these are serious stories, and if you're not, you know, completely, you know, hooked and enthralled by my story, then I have completely failed. Because otherwise, you know, why would I ask you to shell out money for something that you shouldn't be entertained by? Because that is actually my job as a writer, I feel, is you're an entertainer. You are here to provide your readers with a really good experience, whether that's, you know, a lot of laughter or a really good cry. Or, you know, you want them not to take a deep breath for a few hours. You know, that's, that's, that's what my job is. Well, that's lovely. And you went and you answered all the questions I had about your about your books and how you started writing in Kindle World. So that's that's wonderful. We do have just a few minutes left. Why okay. don't you tell um, our our listeners? Of course, they can always go out to the show notes and get links to your your books um, as well as information about how to contact you. But why don't you also tell our listeners where they can find out more information about you and your book? Okay, um, always the be- first and best place to go is my website, www.ilsajbic.com, where I have all my books that are listed, plus uh, some of my short stories and things. And I also have a couple of short stories up on Amazon. I'm also an author central on Amazon. I can be found on Facebook, just as Ilsa J. Bick, but I also have an Ilsa J. Bick page, author page. I don't post there quite as much. I just seem to you know, do it as one on one page, but I have two. I have an author page and a and then just sort of a public page so you guys can join up and, and say hello. I'm also on Twitter, and I'm also on Instagram, again, Ilsa J. Bick. And I, you know, post on Instagram and Twitter. I have this whole following because on Fridays I do what's called Friday's Cocktail. I really got into making cocktails, oh, about two and a half to three years ago because we were driving back from hiking in the Smokies. This is before we moved to Alabama, and... I had just on a whim downloaded a book on vintage cocktails and started reading about the history of, you know, alcohol and and cocktails and things like that to my husband on the way to the airport. And by the time we got to the airport, he said, you know, it might be kind of fun to make something more than just, you know, a a vodka martini every Friday. So I started experimenting with with cocktails, and now I'm into, I don't know, a third year of doing a a new cocktail every Friday. And my husband says, if you don't gather these pictures and these recipes into a book, called, you know, Friday's Cocktails, you know, 52 Cocktails or whatever. He says, that's crazy. You have all these great cocktails you keep posting. So I post cocktails on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds on Fridays. And I also, most Sundays, I will bake a cake, and it's called Sunday's Cake. And I try to bake a, a new cake every every week. There are weeks where I miss because, you know, something happens or I'm on vacation or something like I'm going away this week. But um, I almost always do that. And I never, and, and it is true, I never eat any of my cakes. I make them. And I send them with the husband to give to his lab people um, so that they can have it. And, and, and everyone says, how do you make such scrumptious looking cakes and never gain weight? And I go like, well, you don't know if I don't gain weight. <laughs> but, but I just, you know, it's sort of like, I, you know, here, honey, you eat it and I will have a good time watching you enjoy. So that's how people can find me. If, eating, if you don't want to ever read a book, just come by and look at cake and cocktails. Well, that sounds exciting, and I was just talking on a previous episode to another author who shares baking on her blog, so I should connect you guys together. So that oh, sounds, absolutely. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ilsa. I very much enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure our listeners will, too. Oh, thanks very much for having me. 
Thank you for listening to Unscrambled Authors, the show that's designed to help keep you and your writing career from getting cracked. I'm your host, Mary Kelstow of My Author Home and Unscrambled Author Services. Learn more about my work at Unscrambled, that's U-N-S-C-R-A-M-B-L-E-T.com, or learn about all of the promotional opportunities, products, and services at MyAuthorHome.com. You can follow me and the show on Facebook and Twitter at My Author Home. Unscrambled Authors is a show on the My Author Home radio network. If you'd like to have your own podcast on the network or simply learn more, visit radio.myauthorhome.com. Music has been provided by Purple Planet Music. This is their track, Mirrorball. Purple Planet Music provides royalty-free music for podcasts and other audio productions. This has been a production of Charmed Chicken Media, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. To listen to the show, check out our channel on iTunes, as well as on our website, unscrambleit.com. You can subscribe there through iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach me at support at unscramblet.zendesk.com. You'll find the address in the header of my website. Thank you so much for listening, and may you always stay unscrambled. Mm-hmm.